Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the fall! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une place devant. Et c'est la bonne idée. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Thursday, April 27th. It is one minute past 10 p.m. And, of course, the SICK Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. My buddies Mike Cinquino, Sean Gerard, and David Grassi, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. And brought to you in part by La Bête à TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bête à TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients, spack ingredients, spack. For everyone's taste, La Bête à TB, embrace your true nature. It's one of those days that I'm in one of these laughing moods. Why? Because the Toronto Maple Leafs had a chance to uh, finish it off again tonight. And uh, yeah. Uh, they blew it again, and uh, they lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 4-2 to two when, of course, all of their faithful and all of their fans were expecting, like, a, a big celebration, all right? They were expecting a big celebration in uh, in Toronto. Everyone was out there to party, this, that, and whatever, and all that stuff, and uh, it wasn't meant to be, all right? And it got me thinking, you know, I don't know about you, and I, I actually tweeted it. But uh, for whatever reason, the second it was all going on and I was seeing the game take shape and take its form, I was thinking of Britney Spears, only changing the words around just a little bit, right? That it's just so typically them. Oh, baby, baby, oops, they did it again. They played with your heart, got lost in the game. Oh, baby, baby, huh? Uh, she sings a little bit better than me, and she looks much better than me. But uh, for whatever reason, watching Toronto do what they did tonight was just so Toronto-esque. I'm telling you, I'm going through a roller coaster of emotions during this playoff series because I look at this fan base, and I know a lot of you watching Montreal Canadiens fans have a hard time sympathizing with Toronto Maple Leafs fans, but I look at them, and I see them all outside Leaf Square and all that stuff, and I kind of feel sorry for them, right? I want them to taste victory because they haven't tasted it in so long. They don't even know what it feels like, right? I mean, what's the furthest they got to the playoffs, right? They got from within one win of going to the Stanley Cup final in 1993, which was terrible for them. But in the end, it was a blessing in disguise because if they would have ended up winning that game, they would have lost in the Stanley Cup final to the Montreal Canadiens anyway. You know what I mean? But, uh, but the other part of me wants to, you know, like, so part of me wants them to win. And a bigger part of me wants them to win because I have a lunch date with Raymond Singh. Singh, sign, sold at the 40 West. And uh, I like my filet mignon. And so I already, I'm salivating at just thinking of it. Uh, But at the same time, it's, it's almost become so funny that they haven't won in such a long time and they've blown so many. I thought the curse, I have to tell you, and I still do. I still believe the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win this series. Like I would actually, I would, I would bet on it. The way I bet Raymond Singh the other day, I would bet him again. I would, I, I would double or nothing. I would double up on the bet, right? But um, you know, I, I just if they if they blow it again, my God, I thought the curse was over when they were down four one in Tampa, 
and they came back in the third period, tied that game and won it in overtime. I thought they reversed a big curse that was really set on them back in 2013 when they were up 4-1 versus the Boston Bruins in Boston in game seven with about 10 minutes left in the game or maybe less. And Boston came back to tie the game and actually win in overtime on a winner by Patrice Bergeron. Let's bring in our collaborator every Thursday night from BPM Spot. He's former NHLer, former Hab, former Oiler, former Penguin, George Larac with his pillow. What's going on? There's about seven pillows, Tony, uh, in the podcast today with you. Wow, seven. Wow. I'm in uh, I'm in Ottawa right now. Um, uh, tomorrow morning, as you know, yeah. um, hockey helps the homeless. So yes, so that's why. So, uh, but you know, I never miss your show. So uh, yeah, I it's a fantastic sure cause. Now you were at hockey for the homeless when last week in Toronto, now, correct? Yes, last week in Toronto, and uh, tomorrow's in Ottawa. And actually, you know what I learned about when I was in Toronto, what I learned. What what time is it at, George? What time is it at? I'm wondering if I can make my down the my way down there tomorrow. Uh, the tournament? Yeah. The well, it starts at eight o'clock, but there's game until three o till four o'clock. It's between uh it's between I play at eight tomorrow morning, so it's between eight o'clock to four o'clock if you come. Yeah. Well I have uh I have a podcast tomorrow morning at ten AM. And uh, that podcast will be finished by 10.30 a.m. Uh, I would probably get there for a well, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I would imagine. Yeah, so come. Uh, who's going to be there? Uh, I don't. I could tell you tomorrow morning all the alumni, the, the NHL. There's a lot of NHL. There's, there's a lot of alumni that you know that are going to be there. They're all available. So that that's actually the best way to get some guys in your podcast. If you but, look, George, what do you think I was coming for, to see you? <laughs> George, George, I'm coming for networking purposes. I'm coming there to uh, to spread the, the the word of the sick podcast if I make it there. But like, uh, I, I, you know what? I'm 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 interested. I'm interested. So send me a text message. I'm okay. also going to go to support a good cause, of course. And you know what? I like a nice drive every now and then. I'm not listen. My uh, my schedule is relatively open tomorrow. You know what I mean? I, so uh, so come, I, I, come. Might, I might be able to pull it off. I might be able to pull it off. Okay. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you know that every every time I talk to people that talks about our podcast, everybody talks about the pillows. Is that right? Eh? But you got uh, listen and look, look. There's like I got seven. So, uh, well, seven pillows, there's Georgia. A lot, there's a lot, Georgia. Uh, I hope uh, I hope you took your ginseng every day for the last uh, week, and uh, I hope you ate, uh, <laughs> you know, seven pillows. Hey, Tony, uh, George, George, hey, Tony, uh, George. By the way. George, seven, seven, seven pillows uh, to satisfy. It's going to be a Korean ginseng every day for the last week. Tony, uh, it's called it's called vegan. Being vegan. It must be two now with this vegan. Hey, hold on, Tony. George. Tony, I'm going to teach you something. Yeah. Chuanu has a curse. You know what it's called? Tell me. You don't know? No. What? But what do you mean? What is it called? Ask by okay, by text by uh, text message the chat message. Okay. Let's see how good your listeners are. Okay. Okay. You're gonna invite yeah one, the first listeners to have dinner with us, Tony. The yeah. first one that could mention the name of the curse Toronto has right now. Look at the chat right now. Look at the message. Let's see who gets it first. Okay. Is it who, uh, okay? Whoever uh, gets whoever gets it first is having dinner with me and Tony. Okay. On Tony's, on Tony's. Uh, well, the curse of ha- Harold Ballard is that it? Yes, yes, it is. Who got it? Okay, so I believe it's Kukuk uh, is the first one. Let me see. Okay, I just want to confirm, but it looks like Kukuk. Uh, okay, you know, you know what that curse is, Tony. I don't. I don't remember. I look. I know. Okay. I know. I know. Actually, you caught me for a little bit of a curveball there because I thought it okay. was like a trick question, right? No, it's not. It's not a trick question. Yeah, I learned it last week when I went to Toronto to the um, to the uh, to the game to hockey hockey for homeless, and they told me about it. Harold Beller used used to be an owner for the Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah, and back in the days, he was an owner. There's a tragedy that happened with the team and pedophilia. And it was never addressed. The family was never compensated. And because of that, people have said since that time, this team is damned to never win. Everybody talks about it in the city. Yeah. And uh, I do hope they beat Tampa. 
I do mm -hmm. hope they beat Tampa. They can because Tampa's hurt. But Tampa is not losing game six. It's going in seven, Tony. Mm -hmm. And you know what happened last game seven with Montreal. So I don't know, man. It's going back to Toronto. So I hope Toronto has it in them. But they're not, Tampa is not losing at home. Tampa in, in five wins, in five games facing elimination, that four wins. And you know what? I mean, they, 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 they and, lost and, their and, last two games and, at home. They're bound to win one. You're right about that. Yes, but... Just like the Devils. The Devils lost the first two games at home. Then, you know, the Rangers, they go to New York. They win the two games there. When they went back, they're not going to lose. Do you think that all the, the, the series is going to be win on road games? So the logic is back to normal. They win at home. The Rangers, pressure is on them. Devils not going to lose two games in a row. It's over. Lafreniere has been invisible in this, in this playoff. They're done. It's over. It's done. You know, the Sad Ranger, for Patrick Kane, it's done. What? Hey, listen, can I tell you something? The Rangers, I'm so disappointed in them. Yeah, look, I'm not going to – look, everyone knows. Like, I mean, the Boston Bruins are the, the team that's favored to win the Stanley Cup, but even them, they're in a little bit tougher. They're going back to Florida for game six. But I'm going to – hear me out, okay? Yeah. I didn't think the New York Rangers were going to win the Stanley Cup, but I thought they were a fantastic value play in the sports books, right? Of course, because of the odds. So I looked at their team. I saw yeah. Shesterkin in goal. I look at their team, and I saw Lindgren on defense, Braden Schneider on defense, Adam Fox on defense, Keandre Miller on defense, Jacob Trouba on defense. I look at their team at the center ice position. I saw Mika Zabinajad. I saw Philip Schittel. I saw Vincent Trocek. I look at their team on the wings, and I saw um, uh, Kreider. I saw Tarasenko. I saw Panarin. I saw Patrick Kane. I saw Kako, and I saw Lafreniere. I said to myself, You know what? The only thing I don't like about this team is at times they're lacking a little bit of heart and they're lacking a little bit of grit. But if they get on a roll and they put it all together, I think they have all the other ingredients and intangibles. Absolutely. And in the end, what's screwing them? No grit and no heart. It's unbelievable. You know what's even more unbelievable in that series? Yeah. If I would have put my life, Tony, on the yeah. line, if someone would have wanted to bet me that Akira Schmidt would do better than Shesterkin. And Mozitou now with this Akira Schmidt, that they're getting beat by a number <laughs> three goalie. Can like, you imagine what's going on now? Like, you know that kid yeah. is, is, is going to be hot. People, the team are going after him next year. They're going to want him because they're not keeping him in Vanacek. Like, team will give it a lot to have him. 22 years old, 6'5", decent number in this regular season. He's not staying there, Tony. Yeah. Unless they keep him, they trade Vanacek, but they could get a lot for him. Team the, the team needs goalies. Look at the color, look at Colorado and the Kraken. The Colorado, first of all, I can't believe that when they lost, they lost game five at home, Colorado. And That's when it, they interviewed yeah. and, and then when they interviewed Mekinen, he said, I don't know what's going on. He said that to the media after they lost game five. That's Are you kidding me? You're the captain of that team. That team you're saying you don't know what's going on. George, can you're I tell captain? you something? Yeah. The Seattle Kraken, they are the epitome of team that I've seen in the playoffs. They can put their third line on the ice, and their third line can get them a big goal. They can put their second hey, line and can get them. Do you know why? Do you know why? I know why. I'll tell you okay, why. Well, okay, Because, tell me. Well, I, I, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, no, but I know why, but I want to know if you know why. I could tell, well, I'll give you my opinion. Between their first line, their second line, and their third line, there's an average of about 50 points per player in scoring. The first yeah. line is in the 60s, That's the right. second line is in the high 40s, and yeah. the third line is in the low 40s. Yeah, you're 100% right, and the fourth line is in the 30s. No kidding, I know there, what I'm saying, okay. George. I was yeah. driving around all afternoon, and I was listening to you on BitPM Spa. <laughs> <laughs> And I heard you talk about that. Yeah, because Tony, the I was because the reason why I'm looking at that is yeah. I was like, what's the secret of that team? How come is the this the best five on five team in the NHL? Why yeah. everybody has so much trouble playing them? And the way that NHL team have made, it's all the same way. The top yeah. two lines are your scoring lines. Yeah. That's where all your money is. And line three and four, you're having guys that helps fit in the cap. A third line that is a checking line and fourth line is energy. That's what most teams do. 
And then if you neutralize the top two lines, you have to beat through number three line or four, you can win the game. The Kraken, expansion team, they don't have that luxury. They're getting guys from all the teams. They don't get top year-end players. They're getting good around players, and you do a team with that. But the thing is, there's no really number one line with the Kraken. Every line can contribute, and it's tough to play against because yeah. they all contributed. That's why Colorado, they don't know because each line that goes on are trying to score because you guys heard it. The top three lines between 40 and 50 points, each player, the last line is 30 points. That means every time the top three lines are there, you get a guy that scores a point every second game. And the third line is every two games and a half. That means that there's a chance every time they step on the ice, they can't score. So you have a quadruple threat when you're playing them. They work hard. They never stop. Even when with Jared, Jared McCann, the best player, 70 points, 40 goals. Yeah. Like not playing. They won in Colorado. And you know what? Yeah. There's no justice in the NHL because there's no way. There's no way McCall should have just got one game suspension for that. If we reverse it, if yeah. Jared McCann would have hit McCarr that the same way and McCarr would have been Minimum gone, three games. Minimum three games. Out that series. Out that series. Now it's McCarr, one Norris, one Stanley Cup, only one game. So McCarr is going to be back. But if there's justice in this world, the Kraken is going to close this at home with McCarr in the lineup. And then the summer... They're going to be talking about Mekar cost his team the playoff. He cost his team with a selfish play to hitting a guy when he's out of position. And you know what? Next year, he's going to have to answer the code in regular season when he plays that team because someone's going after him. Again with the code, you. But it's true. You know that, Tony. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. No, that I, did, know, that I know. That I know. Listen, I want to... He can cost him. He's going to have to answer the bell. Yeah, yeah, I want to get to the Habs in a second, but George, the seven pillows again. My God, you want to uh, get, get to the Habs during playoff hockey? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna get to the Habs. Okay, Give me okay. a second, right. you, with your seven pillows, and I'm telling you right now, Maca, very important. Tribulus, very important. Korean ginseng, George, very, very important, very important. Oysters. I don't need it. I'm very important. Tony. Saffron, George, very important. Pomegranate, okay. very important. Pistachio. Very Tony, important. Oh, hold on, avoid, hold on. Okay, hold on. Avoid alcohol, okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. Let yeah. me tell you something to you and the, the listeners that are there, okay? This is, this is very important. You guys, when you guys are eating meat, your body uses 80% of its energy to digest it. It slows down your blood circulation. Okay. When it slows down your blood circulation, you have a hard time please someone because if your blood circulation is slowing down, it's harder to have fun after. When you're vegan, your blood circulation is much better. So all that shit, Tony, that you're talking about, I don't need it. And all you have to do is eat healthy, and that's it. So you guys, go take all that stuff, that list of stuff that Tony just gave you because you guys are eating steak that puts you in a coma after to digest it, and that's it. That's why they always say that with a vegan guy, it's always much better because guy like you, Tony, fall asleep, no energy, nothing. Because you are done like dinner, like most of the people that are listening to you right now. George, so listen to me. I don't want to make this into a show where we're talking about meat and no meat and this and that. But I'm going to tell you something in terms okay. of increasing testosterone. And listen to me carefully. Yeah. Because when it comes to sports and when it comes to these things as well, increasing testosterone and the libido for these things, okay? Chicken, fish, eggs, lean beef. These are all sources of protein, and you're supposed to get five to six ounces a day, depending on your age, for testosterone. Okay, okay, hold on, Tony. First of all, when you're talking about protein, yeah, do you know, do you know that there's no one in North America that ever saw a doctor because they're lacking protein? Did you know that? No, I didn't. That know that, 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 no. that doesn't exist. No. It doesn't exist. No, what are we but talking about here today? But 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 in the society today, when you look at the advertising, everybody yeah. talk about you need protein, you need this, you need that. So people, are, oh my God, we need to count it. When you're vegan, Tony, you yeah. get proteins from everywhere. Amino acid is in every food, every kind of food. You combine them together, you get a complete protein based on plant that is alive. 
I don't eat meat that is dead full of HGH and 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 cancer cell. You eat that, it kills you inside. It's in your No, 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 I don't want it to kill that. Weeks. Okay, listen to me. <laughs> Here's why I want to talk to you about the Canadians. Okay, okay. Why you want to talk to me about the Canadians? I got to tell you why. Watching playoff hockey, I can't M- wait. Mike Matheson was on the podcast yesterday, and I thought he was yeah. absolutely fantastic. Okay, he is. He is fantastic, by the way. And if Mac might, if the if the Penguins didn't trade Madison for Petrie, they they're in a the playoff right now. You know what he said about that? He said, "Look, I knew something was going to happen in Pittsburgh because we had nine defensemen on a one-way contract." He said, "But I had been in Pittsburgh for two years, and he said uh, I was under contract, and I thought my first year I played better than I had played in Florida." I thought I was starting to get get into it. My second year, I thought was an improvement on year one. I thought we're going to be able to build off of that. But, you know, when he got the phone call from his agent, who is Phil LeCavalier, and I believe he mentioned he was at Thatcher Demko's wedding, which was in San Diego. The second he saw his agent's uh, name on the uh, on the caller ID, he picked up the phone and he said, where am I going? And his agent said to him, Mike, you're going home. And then he said he spent, you know, quite a bit of time on the phone with the two GMs and the two clubs and his agent to iron everything out. And then the first, his father had texted him saying, there's a rumor that you've been trading. He called his dad and he said, yeah, dad, I'm coming to Montreal. But I thought that was very interesting that he brought up. Another thing that I thought was very interesting is I asked him about Marty St. Louis and he said, listen, besides the automatic respect that he's gained uh, and that he he's earned because of his hall of fame career, He says, Marty St. Louis is really good at two things. One is motivating his players when you would think it would probably be difficult to motivate. Number two, he says, not only having advice and doing stuff for the good of the team and managing a team, but he has that ability to manage each individual player as well within the team. And he says that is very hard to do. But, you know, George, you know what I loved about the conversation yesterday besides the fact that I think I'm a phenomenal interviewer? You are. You are. You are a phenomenal, and, and uh, you are a phenomenal interviewer because you actually let the person talk when you ask the question. Thank you. You know what I like, George? I like that he didn't give me cliche. It was well thought out. It was intelligent. I mean, you can tell this guy, he's a smart young man. You can tell he went to Boston College. He was so polite with his former coach from Boston College, the legendary coach Jerry York that I brought on the podcast yesterday. And there was just so many things that came out of that conversation, George. Uh, I asked him about Connor Bedard, and he said that last year he was part of the BioSteel camp. And there were all the stars were there, right? Sid the Kid and Stamkos and Tavares and all that stuff, some of the biggest stars in the game. And he said that, um, he said, you know, Bedard didn't look out of place. Like, you can tell that he had something. And he goes, you know, one of the things I noticed, he goes, he's on a two-on-one with Crosby, for example, okay? And a young player who gets invited to a camp with all these stars who's never played a game in the National Hockey League is on a two-on-one with Crosby. Even if Crosby's completely covered, that player is trying to pass that puck to Crosby, right? He says, this guy, if the player he's on a two-on-one with is being covered by the defenseman, this guy's thinking shot and goal the whole time. And he goes, so it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. It's, an, it's interesting analysis, eh, George? But, 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 but Tony, there's only, yeah. About about uh, Connor Bedard, it's amazing. About Martin said, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about... And was he too now, right George? Now. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Yeah, you're going to... Yeah. He has no pressure right now. You're right. Like, but everybody like, knows that, George. But you like, know what? Hold so, on a so, second. I, I don't want to hear about how good he is right now. Look, the team finished fifth last in the NHL. Yes. So how good is he? Like, How good is he? But, like a money Vader. Like how many dollars. people no. mocked at his hiring that all he did was coach Bantam? All Tony, those people Tony, that hold Tony. on a second, all those people that mocked at his hiring, if they would have coached the team, they would have finished ten points below last. They would have finished outside of last. Instead well, of thirty two teams, they would have finished thirty third. Well, Tony, that that actually would have been better because then we would have got Bedard. So see, this guy's I got an answer prefer- for everything today. He's got an answer about meat. He's got an answer about tofu. He's got an answer Tony, about trebles, about Tony, testosterone. About I will I will tell you about Martin Saint Louis. Yeah, when he's gonna have a team 
that we will expect to see in the playoff. Now he doesn't. So try things. Let guys play. Let them have fun. It's okay. He has no pressure. But Tony, in three years, when we're going to judge that this team now should win, he's, there's going to be pressure with him. And then, and then I can't wait to see him coach because right now he is not coaching. When he finished dead last like the Canadian did this year, it's not coaching. You let guys play. You let young guys play. You let them develop. doesn't matter if they make mistakes. That doesn't matter if they're in the plus minors. It's okay. Keep Get your offensive touch. We're going to get better players each year. Each year we're going to get better and better and better. And we'll see what's going to happen. But right now, he is not coaching. I don't call that coaching, Tony. There's no system. The Canadians are getting outshot every game. Guys are scoring goals. They have goals, five young they... players on defense. I know, but Tony, hold on. They had great players, though, in defense. They, had great, they have good defensemen, but they're young. But anyway, it's okay. George, and they that... lost 700 man games to injury, George. At Tony, one point, and... 60% of the team was out. No kidding, they're getting outshot every game. Hey, George, it must be two now. But George, you Tony, have to relax but, on but those Tony, pillows. I'm... Tony, I'm not judging him right now. As I said, he had no pressure. We'll see in three years, and then we'll then we'll assess. No, but George, George, I look. I, I and by the way, there's no players that you're gonna talk to, Tony, that is gonna tell you that is a bad coach. Are Hold you on a second. Okay, we're in perfect. Mon- we're we're in Montreal. What do you expect? I love where you're going with this. This is the sit. The sit podcast is one of the best podcasts in Montreal. They're going to go talk to you, say that the coach is shit. So then he's going to be in headlines everywhere the next day. Come on, Tony. Hey, hey, I love where you're going with this, especially when you talked about the sick podcast being the best podcast in Montreal. Listen to me. You want to know why I love where you're going with this, George? And I'm going to tell you why. You know I love you. You and I, we go way back. We go way back to, you know, when you came to visit me in studio on your last day with the Montreal Canadiens, okay? And we've had a tremendous amount of respect for each other since then. And we bug each other, you know, you bug me with the food and I bug you with the pillows. It's a beautiful thing, okay? But I'm going to tell you why I'm, I'm going to vehemently disagree with some of the things that you said tonight. I'm going to tell you why, okay? Yeah. I take exception to everything you said about Marty St. Louis and no pressure. You're right. But I find that you've just dismissed everything he's about and even the qualities that come with it his communication skills, his preaching of concepts, the fact that his team was competitive, even though they finished fifth last with 700 man games lost. Now, when you said that no player is going to come on my podcast to say that the coach is no good, I agree with you. No player in their right mind is going to do it. Now, I have a question for you, Mr. Big George Larac. Are you ready? Okay, go ahead. Are you ready? Okay. Did anybody ever whisper in your ear off the record that the coach is no good? Never. Right? Would they I mean, not whisper in your when a coach is no good? Do do players whisper in your ear? What, what Tony, Say yes. Uh, if if when it, a coach it, is no good, do players tell you off the record? Hey, Big George, this coach is no good because in the last twenty years, when a coach is no good, players have told me this yeah. coach is no good. Have they told no, you they this do. coach is no good? No, nobody have said anything. Correct. No. You want to know why? But, but, good, but, George. Okay, but Tony, hold on. Yeah. Tony, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, okay. Hold you're on. Talking about, you're talking about Marty St. Louis communication skills. Okay. So, yes, he could speak English and answer questions to the media. That's amazing. No, 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 no. It's delivering a message. Hold on a second. Del- delivering. Oh, my God. If you want to be in a coach in the NHL, you have to know how to deliver a message. Hey, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. With all due respect to his predecessor, are Mo you telling me that no his tuna. Pre- tuna. Tuna. Hey, Mozitu, yeah. Are you all- hey, 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 talk to you in Creole. Come on, yeah. Listen to me. With all due respect <laughs> to his predecessor, are you telling me that his predecessor delivered a message and communicated to the players in the same way? I'm not talking about talking to the media and I'm answering questions. I'm talking about talking to a group of players. I'm talking okay, Tony, to, get the, to, to, to properly if communicate want, the concepts, if, Tony, to the strategies. If, Tony, if you want to, to properly motivate. If you want to compare it to Ducharme, okay, yeah, Ducharme had no communication. Fine. But Tony, come on, man. Don't, don't talk to me about a good, he's a good coach because he's a good communicator. We'll talk in three years. Right hey. now, I cannot judge a, a good well, coach. Well, we'll talk here. in three years. The yes. shelf life he of a coach in the National coaching. Hockey 
Hey, Tommy, hey, he's hey, not hey, coaching hey. right now. Hey, he's been there. He's been he there for He's not coaching. Stop with he's, those pillows before there's a, before we get to all kinds of a mess over here. Been, the team finished dead yeah. in the NHL. He's not coaching. Ops. You don't know he's what you're talking about. He's letting guys tonight. play. He's you don't letting know. guys play and having fun. You, you need to eat a Big Mac. You're losing your mind. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. Okay? Listen to me carefully. <laughs> when we talk about his communication skills. Yes. Are you going to tell me? When you that, talked about it. When you talked okay, about I it. Okay, I talked about it. No problem. Are you going to okay. talk? You're going to tell me when he had his first and opening speech to the team, when he took over the reins of the team, that he didn't knock that ball out of the park is that what you're telling me tony come on man like george did you see the way the yes. canadians were playing some of the best teams tony, in the national hockey tony, league tony, tony, with, tony, with a tony. depleted lineup missing 60 percent of the players down the stretch did you see the way they were playing george they were they were going toe-to-toe with the boston bruins they were missing three quarters of their team tony guys they have pride even if you're behind the bench they tried as best as they can. They, guys didn't have, pride. they, didn't, they didn't have pride a year and a half ago, George, before him. Tony, Ducharme, they hated him. They hated playing hey, for hate's him. hate's a big word. Don't lost, that. Come on, with all due respect, no. it's a big word. Don't say that. It, Tony, they did. They didn't want to play for him. He lost He lost the room. It, it was not good. It was not, It was poisonous, so it didn't work. Like, nobody, nobody was playing, so it's a different situation. Now somebody comes in and he lets guys play, have fun, and he's not swallowing them with system that they have to do this, do that, do this, and forget how to play hockey. Tony, come on, man. Let's not judge a guy that has that finished that last. George finished that last. He's been here for a year and a half, and you're telling me, well, let's see in three years from now, when the average shelf life for a coach in the National Hockey League is less than three years. Only, Chances are gonna... three years from now, he'll probably be gone. <laughs> Tony, he, he, will, these things. he will be there, Tony, because now he has no pressure. So then he, they're, they're letting him, like, have fun with those young guys that he's playing. He has no pressure. So he's not going to be gone, Tony. He'll be there when okay. the team is going to be good enough to be in. You and we'll your, see what he's going to do. You said your piece. I'm about to lose Jose Levesque, and I don't want to lose Jose Levesque. Okay? So now, you, uh, we, uh, we did your time. Okay? I had a good time with you tonight. I might see you in Ottawa tomorrow. Do me a favor. Yeah. Text me who's going to be in Ottawa tomorrow, okay, and I might, you, take, I might take a drive down to Ottawa tomorrow. At 7.30 in the morning, I'll text you all the pros that are here. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, right. and then we could have a, we could have vegan, vegan uh, lunch if you come. You have it. I'll have a salad. Yeah, but hey, how's your weight loss, by the way? Uh, I slowed down a little bit, but uh, let me explain. Let me explain. What does that mean, you slowed down a little bit? 23.2 pounds in 30 days. Okay, 23.2 pounds down in 30 days. But the weight loss program that I'm doing has a formula, has a formula. And in day three to day 30, I have to eat a certain formula, certain amount of four ounces, four ounces, four ounces, four ounces, four ounces, four ounces. In the next two weeks, which started yesterday, I have to double that, so there's a chance, actually, that I will probably gain a couple of pounds, and then I'm back on the program for the next 28 days, and then I'm going to, you know, slingshot and lose another 10, 15 pounds if all goes well. So it's uh, you, you wanna, it's, it's you wanna, not according to plan. Do you want to do a water fasting together? I can't. Well, once I'm finished this program, but for now, it goes against what I'm doing in the program. Oh, okay, I'll do this. Okay. When I'm finished the program, I'll do yeah. a water fast with you. Okay. How long? I'm not going to promise you the eight days that you do there because, uh, you know, but I'm going to okay, do week. a water fast for 48 hours. No, no. One week. Maybe. One week. George, George, one week. Mosey, two now. George, one week. One week. George, I'm going to lose my mind if I do a water fast for a week. No, George. you won't. No, you won't. One week. I'll bring you, I'll bring you the water. You're going to bring me the water? Yeah, I'll you think? I don't you. have water in my house. No, just to see you, to to cheer you on every day and high five day one. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we move in together for a week? Okay, Amen. Yeah, yeah. Let's move in. Me, you, and the pillows. Yes, <laughs> George. I gotta go. You're making me lose my mind with these seven day fasts. You're you're, you're putting things in my head. I'm gonna lose my marbles with you. Ciao, George. <laughs> Make sure to text me tomorrow morning. I want to know who's there. Okay, I will. 
I will. All right. Okay. I, will, I might get down to Ottawa tomorrow. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Let's bring in our guy. He is a hockey guru. He is a hockey historian. He is the number one hockey trivia man in the world. But before I get to him, I want to tell you that sportbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off on all of their items. Shop all of your sports license, lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, and T-shirts of all your favorite teams from all major leagues at sportbuffshop.com. Liam McGuire, what's going on? Tony, my man. Hey, uh, Liam, are you on your mobile right now? I am, unfortunately, but I couldn't get uh, no, no, my la- great, laptop going. That's great. Just do me a favor. If you turn the phone sideways, panorama style, it's going to be even better. Just turn I tried it, it. I tried it. It didn't work. It puts me upside down. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You want to know what? I think you, you 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 have something locked on your phone anyway. It's all good. We can continue like this, okay? Yeah, I, I, I apologize. No, no, I, I, I like... to apologize, Liam. It's because I think there's a setting where it actually locks the phone from turning. You understand? There's yeah. a setting, and I think if you unlock it, then we can do it. All right, okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad you're here, Liam, because this guy between his pillows and uh, and uh, the, the the tofu <laughs> and uh, and he wants me to do a seven day fast, gonna make me lose my mind. Hey, you're looking good, pal. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if you need a seven-day fast. Keep doing what you're doing, but I I wouldn't say no to Big George too many times. Yeah, no, I I hear you. Except the fight. (laughs) I'd say no all the time. Liam, I know it's just one game, but Toronto Maple Leafs fans, after watching the game tonight, probably the worst thing that could have happened to the Leafs tonight happened, Yeah, and that is... Andre Vasilevsky played like the Andre Vasilevsky of old. And you know what I'm starting to think is that Derek Lalonde with his observation on Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca that when he was the assistant coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, they got some data telling them that Andre was actually in the bottom tier of the league as far as shots from a distance were concerned. And they had to change up their whole defensive zone coverage. By the way, John Cooper didn't like it. It's almost like giving away inside information, right? He yeah. didn't like it, and he said, well, you know, uh, Lalonde is being paid a lot of money to do what he's doing, and he's got to come up with material, so he came up with that. But it almost seems like Vasilevsky said, oh, yeah, everyone's talking about that I'm done. I'm not the same goalie. I was saying he's not the same goalie that he used to be. He wasn't playing like it anyway. No. Tonight, you just got the feeling that if the game was going to go on another hour, Toronto wasn't scoring again. No, well, certainly not early on after Tampa tied it. And it just, as the game progressed, he looked like he was in the zone. And let's be honest, Tony, uh, the team kind of rolled through the middle part of the season in through the, in through the conference on got a couple of winning streaks and a couple of undefeated streaks going and kind of rolled that into the playoffs once they were locked in there. They took a bit of a run at Toronto for second, but at the end of the day, I think the last four or five weeks, they shut it down. Having said that, I can't be a hypocrite on on the other shows that I've done and times I've been asked. I called Toronto to win this series. I, I certainly wasn't the only guy. I'm not saying I stepped out on a limb here. I think a lot of people called Toronto to win this series, thinking this was the best Leaf team in the Austin Matthews era. I still believe that. I still think Toronto will win this series. So do I, Liam. So, We'll see. So do I, Liam. I, I believe they're going to come. I, I believe they're going to win this series too. It's just, um, I think there's a lot of things we have to look at, but one of them was um, Tampa Bay goalie coach, Franz Jean, who I know very well, um, was on BPM Sports Radio, probably give or take about a month ago, with my buddy Jean-Charles Lajoie. And he said something that a lot of people know but when it comes from internally, you get to understand it more, right? It, it, it brings more, more credence to it. He said, look, we've been to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row. Think about it. It's like we've played four years of playoffs in three yeah. years. And, um, and he's right. And he's right. I think there was a stat out there. I saw it. I think they've played, what, 50 more playoff games than Toronto in the last three years, that's a lot of playoff games. Yeah, 
53, I think it was. You're bang on there, very yeah. close. And 70 games in total, I believe, Tampa, the last three years in the playoffs, three straight finals, which is unheard of in this era. you got to go back to the Islanders. We all know from them doing it last year, getting to the final, that is, before losing to Colorado. It's remarkable what they've accomplished. Um, uh, you know, Lalonde did say tonight, post-game, uh, they, they weren't going to be an easy out, uh, regardless of what tidbit of information he shared and yeah, they look, that could have been Bolton board material. They're not going to be an easy out at the end of the day. If Toronto wins this thing, either next game or they win in seven in double overtime, it, they've got to get a series win for them. And, you know, we all know the stats there 2004. I just think that uh, Tampa had a hell of a pushback tonight. Home ice means nothing. It means nothing anywhere, anytime. It, it hasn't in years since they've built these white elephants, Nobody cares anymore. These players all come in with a whole lot less fear factor. There isn't, it isn't a Philadelphia spectrum. It isn't a Montreal forum, Boston garden, Buffalo auditorium, Chicago stadium, Detroit Olympia, go down the line. It's not those rinks anymore. It's not that fan base. They can be as passionate as you want, but when you're not, right crowded on top of the players like you were back in the day which intimidated the officials all the things that went on the players so that so the home ice means nothing and you've got a very very experienced group there and just for the fact that Kucherov Stamkos and Point did not score tonight yeah that's remarkable really and and you really and Nick Paul he scores his first goal in 31 games it's a game winner tonight he killed Toronto game seven last year I know we're saying all the things that are pointing to Tampa maybe making this miraculous comeback. And yet I'm saying right here to you, and you just said it to me, that you think Toronto's still going to win, and so do I. I do, yeah, so, I do, I do. Uh, and obviously, the you know, the, the law of averages says that, because even if Tampa right. Bay wins next game, I mean, chances of teams coming back and winning three games in a row. Look, you know, it has everyone thinking about it, because the Canadians did it to the Leafs a couple of years ago, of course. And right. you figure if the Canadians did it to the Leafs, well, Tampa Bay could do it to the Leafs, too. You know who I thought was the second best player in this game tonight after Andre Vasilevsky? Etobicoke, Ontario's Anthony Sorelli. I really yeah. like them. I really, really yeah. like them. And, and I'll tell you a story about this young man, okay? My buddy lives in uh, my buddy lives in Woodbridge. And uh, he talked to me about um, about Anthony Sorelli he was he was obviously from Etobicoke. And, uh, you know, he was playing uh, he was playing in the in, in, in the region. Right. Uh, you know, when he was uh, in his teenage years, he told me that at one point Sorelli wasn't even playing, you know, in the highest category. And every now and then he would get called up. And when he would get called up, a lot of people were wondering, like, what's this guy doing on his team? Like, he shouldn't be here. They didn't think he was caliber. And in the end, out of all those players in that region, out of all those players in that age group and a year younger and a year older or a couple of years younger and a couple of years older, who's the one to make it? The one that was not playing at the highest level, who was getting called up every now and then and had to work really, really hard for everything he got. Yeah, this kid has unbelievable heart and unbelievable work ethic. It's stories like this, Liam, that I love. These are the stories. Yeah, I think we all love stories like that. And again, he's been part of this championship pedigree. And when you look at the guys, uh, I look at the guy hasn't done much in the series, but at different times, the guy who ended up scoring the Stanley Cup winning goal against Montreal uh, two years ago, Colton, um, he he has so much speed. And I always, I felt, I've been waiting since that series, that playoff run that led them to the Stanley Cup, their second of two, that maybe he was going to continue to have breakout years and possibly improve his stats. And I just think at any one time, in any game, if those guys got going with Kucherov and Stamkos, uh, you, you know, and Braden Point, who it was really the only one of, offensively that did not regress this year. Everybody else up front for Tampa really regressed, other than Point, who had a career year. And, you know, Hedman did not have a good season, and Vasilevsky did not have a good season. Despite where they finished in the conference and in the division, they did not have good years individually. They got there, they made the top eight, and they did what they had to do. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, they're, they're in tough here. And it's just it's just phenomenal theater. That was just outstanding to watch tonight. I thoroughly, thoroughly entertained by it, as I have been all the way through most of the series. 
some of them, yeah, there's been a couple of duds here and there. And the Rangers just look like now they're mailing it in. That's that's a whole other story. But, I mean, throughout the playoffs, Tony, and this series in particular, which is really capturing the Canadian imagination, should, I'm loving yeah. it. I'm loving it. The Rangers should be ashamed of themselves. I, I you know what? I think I, I like I'm 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 more upset than I should be because I already said going into the playoffs that I have a dollar or two on the Rangers because I caught them at great value, is what yeah. I thought. I was a great big fish, is what I was. Not great value, never mind, man. Oh my God, they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed yeah. of themselves. Yeah, I'm, I, I I don't know what's going on there because I love I love Truba, I love the captain, I love that uh, they've got some veteran leadership up front. They've got some scorers, and uh, I I really thought they were poised. You know, I thought they had the goaltending, which is so huge come playoff time. Even if you haven't had a good season, you can still salvage it over eight weeks. Uh, goaltenders have won the Conn Smite seventeen times since it was uh, since it started in nineteen sixty five, and a lot of those, yeah. not a lot. But some of them have just stood up at the right time and, you know, could be Cam Ward in 06 or others. And just at different times, Jaguar and just had a real good eight weeks. And that's all it takes. And I yeah. just thought the Rangers were going to make some noise. So I, I probably too. would have made that bet with you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, you know what? The, between you and I, I don't even think the Devils expected to make the playoffs this year. I think they're... Um, they're uh, a year a, a year ahead of where they thought they would be. I think they're hundred percent. Yeah, they yeah. improved by thirty nine points. You kidding me? It's the fourth most improvement in NHL history. Well, it's 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 unbelievable what they did from last year to this in terms of uh, regular season, and they've just got a bunch of kids out there just flying. Uh, you know, a couple vets, but I mean, they're 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 just they're just loving life right now. And, and yeah. they're taking everything that the Rangers are giving them and the Rangers are giving them everything. That's a group that's rolled over. That's looking for a spark. Like you got to find that spark sometimes. And, and, you know, I mean, you look down every playoff year, Tony. Yeah. There is a team or a player that does it. It doesn't necessarily mean that team or player are going to go all the way and win a cup or that guy's going to win the con Smythe. But this is the first round of four and we're so engaged in what we're seeing because we're so thirsty for this playoff action, which we know is only going to intensify. But, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, in one more round, you know, you yeah. go 16 teams down eight down to four, and some of those guys will go by the wayside. But right now these teams like the Rangers, somebody needs a spark. And tonight Tampa Bay, they got it from their goaltender. Maybe yeah. it came from Lalonde's comments. Maybe it came from the fact their backs against the wall, and their experienced group, regardless, yeah. put it all together. And there's a team that uh, that 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 said, "Hey, not not yet, kids, not yet." Matthews and Marner and Nylander, not yet. And uh, and we'll see what happens Saturday night. I can't I'm wait. I'm going to tell you something. Picking up on the Rangers again. They went to New Jersey and won the first two games. We're talking about the Battle of New York here. It's a battle in New York when the Rangers play the Devils, and it's a battle in New York when the Rangers play the Islanders. Okay. Yeah. They went to New Jersey, and they won the first two games. They went back to Madison Square Garden. They win two games. They sweep this series. They win this series. They lost games three and four on home ice. They totaled yeah. two goals in those games. Their best players did not produce. Yeah, He called them out, and he called out their work ethic, and he was especially yeah. calling out Panarin and Zibanejad. He yeah. goes to Jersey tonight in game five, and he gets shut out. They go yep. back to Madison Square Garden now for game six. They lay another dud and they lose, which will be their fourth in a row and end up losing this series. Gerard Gallant is gone. Totally gone. Yeah. Totally and gone. I was, and as much of a nice guy as he is, the Maritimers are all nice. All right. I'll tell you that right now. That if I was his boss, I would fire him. Two days later, I would rehire him so that I could fire him again the next day. That's how bad it is. All right, George Steinbrenner. There you go. Uh, hey, listen, he uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he'd like to would have liked to have had a 30 second take back on those on those comments. They were pretty vicious and yeah. the team didn't respond. And this is the thing, Tony. Now, that's the that's the doctrine that we're all going to look at is the team didn't respond in any way, shape or form. So his ass is grass here if they don't get some sort of semblance of life and push this series after this next game, after what happened tonight, after what happened, Gallant's comments, to, as you say, the two games in Madison Square Garden. So it's inexplicable sometimes. It's a game that ebb and flows. That is one thing that's so yeah. different 
in this era as opposed to, say, back in the day when we were kids or something. There was more, I think, continuity. You didn't yeah. see this type of fluctuation. And I think that's because teams were generally a little bit older, a little bit more veteran. And, and, and you know, when it came to playoff time, guys were able to you – just, you just didn't have those swings typically, typically like you do now because we've seen this before. But you're right. Totally agree. I think anybody who follows hockey would agree yeah. with you. And uh, Gerard Gallant, and he is a super nice guy, like you probably. I've met him many times. And um, I work in Prince Edward Island every summer. In fact, yeah. I'm in Summerside every summer. And I see him more often than not at events that, that I right? speak at. And he is a super, super guy. But he's yeah. going to be out of a gig here in 48 hours if they don't figure it out. You're right about that. Hey, uh, Liam, I know you live in Ottawa. Are you in Ottawa right now as we speak? I am. Are you going? I don't know if you heard George Larac, who's in Ottawa right now in yeah. a hotel room, like uh, on top of seven pillows, but uh, he's going to be playing in the hockey for the homeless tournament tomorrow. Are you, uh, are you going to make an appearance, sir? I, I, no, I don't. I don't I, you know what? I didn't know about it, Tony. I didn't have any. Uh, I spoke last night at, um, at a banquet at, yeah. uh, and I, I didn't have, um, I didn't have anything. Uh, nobody, you, you, you know what? Uh, I shouldn't say that. As a matter of fact, ah, it's a little tricky to say, but I, I got a call uh, now that I think of it, but it was for a function involving these guys tomorrow afternoon. And uh, we weren't, we weren't able, we weren't able to iron out the details to, uh, to make it happen. And I'm assuming they didn't tell me, but I'm, they said with pros and they didn't give me the details. I'm assuming it's George's group, and we weren't able to uh, to work it out, unfortunately. So I won't. Um, I w- that was for an afternoon luncheon. So I'm assuming they must have some some lead up to this if they're doing something tomorrow night. Uh, and you're yeah. you're thinking you may be driving up? Maybe. I mean, I'll, I'm gonna wait. Uh, I'm gonna wait for a text from George. And um, okay. you know, I, I you know I have a podcast tomorrow morning that I'm recording at around ten o'clock, and after that the rest of the day i think i'm pretty free uh but we'll see we'll see maybe if somebody yeah. wants to drive down with me and stuff and keep me company i don't like driving alone to tell you the truth no matter where i go i no. always like someone having someone in the car with me but i mean okay. that's just me all right okay yeah. um you did you hear what george had to say about marty st louis no i did not you know he basically i you know i'm i'm the look i'm not gonna lie to you I'm the president of the Marty St. Louis fan club. I'm glad I believed in him as a coach because I think he's done an admirable job. I speak with the players. Um, George says, Tony, I don't even want to talk about Marty St. Louis right now. It's a year, just over a year that he's on the job. Probably it's about 14 months. It's irrelevant. He's coaching with absolutely no pressure whatsoever. So it really doesn't matter what he does. There's no pressure. Let's see how Marty St. Louis reacts when under pressure, when this team is expected to make the playoffs, if they don't make it. Let's see how he deals with adversity under pressure. Right now, it doesn't matter. And I said to George, I said, look, I completely understand what you're saying, really. But, you know, you know, George says they finished fifth last. I said, George, they had five young players on the fence. George, they, they lost about, you know, what, what was it, 600 man games due to injury or whatever it was. Down the stretch in the final month of the season, I think they were missing 60% of their team. But you saw those concepts that he wants the team to learn. You saw progression in, I would say, most of the players that he worked with. I see a lot of positives. George doesn't want to look at it right now and says the results aren't there. And even, you know, even at that, there's no pressure. Let's reevaluate in a couple of years from now. You say what exactly? Well, I'm more, more definitely in your corner, 100%. I believe they lost over 750 man games. There was only one other team that dressed five rookie defensemen this year. That was Columbus. And look how they did. Um, I, I, I don't know how even the reincarnation of Toe Blake could have done any better with this roster this year given the state of the injuries, I had some concerns and I'm sure you've long since addressed this because it was a couple of weeks ago, about guys that were playing with broken bones in their foot and things of that nature. I'd like to know a little bit more. Haven't heard much. In Gallagher, terms of, Gallagher and Monaghan. Right. Exactly. 
So, uh, you know, I understand guys want to get out, try and help the team and, and, and everything else. So, and, and there's, there's intricacies that I'm not going to debate not being in the room on the medical staff or, or in the rink every day, even as a day-to-day media guy. So I'll just say this as a hardcore have fan from 120 miles away, that was a bit of a tough statement to hear as that news came out to us publicly. That said, in terms of Marty St. Louis, I'm absolutely thrilled with what's gone on there. Um, uh, there's been so many positive signs and yeah, to George's point, there's been no pressure. Now they finished 32nd last year. So they're five spots better. I think they will be about the same. They improved by 13 points. So did the Ottawa senators. And they were doing cartwheels here for yeah. about five weeks while they went, they got within three points of a playoff spot. The end of the year, they still end up with a 13 point improvement. Same as the Montreal Canadians. So, you know, the Canadians were a better team this year. Had they had a full lineup uh, all year, they would have been better. They still would have missed the playoffs. And even so with a full lineup next year, they probably will miss the playoffs as well because there's other issues and growth and things of that nature still to be addressed. But one of them, in my opinion, certainly now and through the next 12 months minimum, is not going to be the coach. I think when Marty's come in, as a guy who came from Bantam, notwithstanding the consulting he did there, uh, is is remarkable. I'm thrilled with it. I loved him as a player, and I'm loving what I'm seeing right now behind the bench in Montreal. And for me, he's got enough rope for me from from here to to Montreal. For me personally, I you know and what that, that's I, what I, I love, say. Asking me what I say, that's what I say. Yeah, I love what you're preaching. I personally, I got to tell you something. Uh, maybe one day I'll feel differently, but right now, if I had to say. I almost think I'm ready to say that I, you know what, Marty St. Louis can be here as long as he wants. And you know what, uh, he can leave, you know, they can, they can, you know, he can go when the, he actually wants to leave. And and so, but anyway, look, my, my opinion might change, but I like the way you looked at it. They were the last place team in the national hockey league last year. They finished fifth last this year. There was a, there was a big improvement. And if there's a bigger improvement next year, even if they miss the playoffs, personally, I don't care. They talked about wanting to progress and get better and getting one step closer so that they could be a good team for a long time. And I think they're on their way of doing that. Um, do you believe in the the notion of the best player of all time and it doesn't matter which era it is? Or are you one of those when this conversation comes up, you don't like pronouncing yourself because of different eras mean that there are different intangibles and the equipment and the game and systems and defense and goalies and stuff like that or do you embrace this kind of conversation when i say liam who's the best player in the world of all time are you okay with that or you don't like pronouncing yourself on that oh my goodness tony i i i love it it's okay so i got a question for you yeah being 2023 and the goalie's probably being better now than ever. The system's probably being more up-to-date now than ever. The athletes being more conditioned now than ever before. The off-ice training and all this stuff. And you know exactly where I'm going with this question. I sure do. Is Connor McDavid the best all-time in your opinion? Even though the longevity, he doesn't have it yet. The championships, he obviously does not have at all. No. But knowing all the other stuff, are you willing to go that far already? Yes or no, and why? No, I, I'm not yet. Um, I, I will say there's elements of his game that I've never seen anybody do before. Uh, to a degree, Bobby Orr on the back end, for sure. He could skate up the ice and do things from a, a maneuverability point of view that that Connor it reminds me of Bobby although Connor did it at a at, with Connor does it with a much higher velocity having said that I already think Connor's in the discussion of one of the greatest of all time there's no doubt about it already what he's done in his brief time period since 2016-17 and I think at the end of the day we'll see how his career unfolds you're saying why I am putting some stock in the playoffs um you, it's 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 a it's a case where is it going to be a career that's going to be Marcel Dion plus or is it going to be a career that really is going to rival the names that are on right now the Mount Rushmore chronologically Gordy Howe Bobby Orr Wayne Gretzky Mario Lemieux that's the Mount Rushmore right now for ninety nine percent of all hockey fans so if McDavid comes into the Mount Rushmore or if he ascends 
to the spot of number one and you're pushing whoever you may think is number one out, why are you giving him that title just because of what he's doing? You say the goaltending, you know what, man? Uh, I know they're bigger, they're better athletes and everything else, but man, oh man, there's a lot of bad goals going on a nightly basis in the NHL. And yeah. you got no red line, you got overtime, you got three on three, you got really, it's a no hitting league. You know, guys get hit, but it's not like it was. I'm not willing to concede that Connor necessarily because of the way the game is today yeah. and what he's doing in it is the best of all time. But I love these discussions. He's definitely, for me, already in the discussion of one of the greatest of all time, despite not getting beyond, at this young point in his career, a semifinal. Having said that, he's got a world junior. You know, he's, he's, he's had a little bit of success internationally in that sense. Played in the Young Guns team there in 2016 World Cup. And and uh, God willing, we'll see him in a best-on-best best sooner bef- rather than later. But what he's, what he's done, and I'll finish on that note, on this note in regards to Connor. What he does with the puck, carrying the puck, has never been done by any forward in the history of the game that I've seen uh, or that I've researched ever. And and I, I really think had there, had there been video of Howie Morenz back in the day, this is probably what he was like. But – what he does with the puck and the speed with which he does it and is it the way the way he can handle himself on skates and handle a puck with the speed that he does is is unheard of. Pavel Pavel I can't, uh, I can't Pavel put him number one, one of the best all, all time. No way. Yeah, Pavel Burry was one of the best that I saw at that. I want to give a shout out to my buddy Charlie over at Optimal Stretch at 4710 St. Ambroise. They're in room 312. Fascia stretch therapy. He's one of the only ones in the country that specializes in this. His clinic is a one-stop shop where they have cupping, where they have acupuncture, where they have a personal trainer, where they have a nutritionist. Uh, go uh, go in and see him. Um, get yourself an appointment, whether it's um, for the average Joe or whether it's for an athlete. You can check him out on Instagram at Optimal Stretch Clinic on St. Ambroise in St. Henry. All right, okay. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Ten seconds, one more. How many people have come up to you and say, hey, Liam, you know everything about hockey and you've seen everyone play? What if Mario had been healthy? You get that a lot, I would imagine, right? I, I, get, I get it all the time. I get it all the time. And, and you know, it's like, what if Mike Bossy's career hadn't ended early? And, you know, it's, it's uh, Bobby Orr, of course, career was, was ended when he was 30, but really effectively when he was, you know, 28. It's, it's, I, I get it all the time about Mario because he had 199 points. He had a 46-game consecutive point streak. Like everything Wayne did, like Mario was right in behind him. And had there been pure health through those early 90s, despite them winning the two Stanley Cups, he didn't have pure regular season health. But he had some years. He still won some Hart Rosses and Hearts. But, yeah, I mean, I get it all the time. Uh, yeah. Tony, what are you what are you supposed to say? Like, because in a, in a, in a prime on prime, at the end of the day, he didn't get 215 points. He didn't score points in 51 consecutive games. He didn't score 92 goals. Like, he just missed the goals. He missed the points. He missed the consecutive games. He didn't do what Wayne did ultimately. And then everyone talks about supporting Castle. What what the hell? I mean, there was all sorts of guys out 100 points in Pittsburgh, including Paul Coffey on both teams. All sorts of guys. And they both made all sorts of guys around them better who may not have been that way despite Edmonton's Cup in 1990 without Wayne. I, I, I really think at the end of the day, statistically, even had Mario stayed healthy, he was going to come up a little bit short of Wayne at the end of the day. How do you even stayed 100% healthy? That's my thought. I think we saw it individually. He can stack it up, and he does that. The health factor now, you gotta you got to speculate. And again... If Mario was on this call with us right now, he'd say, look, if you want to talk about when it changed, it changed in the 87 Canada Cup. And he became a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> Despite he was racking up 100-point seasons. If yeah. you remember the way he played at that time, he became a different hockey player. His give-a-crap meter, shift to shift, changed after the 87 Canada Cup. Because I'll tell you one thing, Tony. Wayne Gretzky never took a shift or a night off. And he answered the bell for Canada every single time he was asked. And he led every single tournament he played in in scoring from 1967 to 1991. Wayne Gretzky 
stands alone statistically. And had Mario been healthy, I still think he falls a little short. Yeah, I think Mario actually saw what Wayne was all about in that Canada Cup. Wayne showed him the way, and that was a turning point in Mario's career. Now, you remember how that Canada Cup finished, right? Mario was the leading goal scorer, and Wayne was the leading point getter. And even though Wayne is the best goal scorer of all time with 894 goals, because of Mario's injuries, I'm going to say this, that had Mario played and was healthier, I believe that Mario Lemieux would have been the best goal scorer of all time, but Wayne Gretzky still would have been the best playmaker slash point getter of all time. Uh, That's it for me. That's it for you, Liam. What a pleasure it is talking to you. As always, the number one hockey historian in the world, the number one hockey trivia guru in the world, my buddy, Liam McGuire. Thanks, Liam. Thanks for having me on, Tony. Anytime, buddy. Always a pleasure. It's uh, my pleasure. There you have it. It's a sick podcast. Tell your friends about it. Like it. Share it with your friends. Comment sick. S-I-C-K. 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 And if you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. And Master Control, the Cavalaros, right here, the sick man himself of the sick podcast. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, 10 p.m. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. LaVita TV. Embrace your true nature. 